0: I got Frito with me. Frito, how's everything, sir? How you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Can you hear me? I'm I'm doing, I can hear you fine. I'm doing very well. Excited for the Super Bowl. I'm going to watch like reruns of like head of the class or something on Sunday. I don't think I'm going to watch... The game at
0: all. I'm not even sure. Head of the class. What is that? Is that a show from like, I have no
1: the idea. 30s? I'm, I just that's a show that popped <laughs> in my mind. I mean, I I could have said Saved by the Bell, but they're in morning right now. It so. sounded like those commercials. Wa- I never watched one of those shows. That it, was a little bit. I uh, was a little bit too old. For that.
2: It sounded like those commercials that used to run on UPN, like right after school, like around the 3:30 a- time. There would always be like the head. It's the head of the class Close this the year, day. and they'd flash a whole bunch of senior pictures across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> And you're right, though. But I got my
1: daughter, my daughter Nicole is here. You know, my daughter, I have twin daughters. And Nicole is actually going to watch the first half and through uh, the the, the halftime show. And then she'll she'll probably go away. But I got my daughters to watch a football game. That's phenomenal. That's a victory.
0: You know, this is, um, I I, I talk to people from various walks of life. Like I, I had a conversation with. You know, a a sports snob yesterday, someone who's such a hardcore football fan that this guy was telling me this is somebody that I I work with. And he was like, oh, I you know, the thing that I don't enjoy about the Super Bowl is you get all these big get togethers and people are really annoying during the game because they're going crazy over the commercials and they're making a commotion over the food. And I'm just trying to enjoy the football and I can't really enjoy it. And I love sports and I can be a sports snob in certain things. But I told that person to shut the hell up because to me, the Super Bowl, the event is even more important than the football itself, that the Super Bowl, it brings people together from every walk of life. There are going to be people on Sunday from, you know, places like Indonesia and and Russia who probably don't even know the rules of American football, who are going to be watching that game because it's televised all over the world. And they're going to watch it just because of what a big event mm-hmm. that it is. You know, you talked about how your daughter is going to watch, you know, at least the first half on Sunday, Frito, this is an, and we, we both have a lot of non-sports fans in our lives. All right. Because my, my wife could care less about sports or couldn't care my less. Suit. I guess it's is the right way to use that expression. And yet, The one game a year that she is guaranteed to watch is the Super Bowl. So I can respect the fact that this is a game that brings people together. And if I'm such a hardcore football fan that I care about paying attention to every play of the game, you know what I'm going to do? And I probably will do this. I'm going to DVR the game. And if it's a particularly good game and maybe I, I get distracted during part of the football game. I can go back and rewatch it for myself, like in the film room the next day. That I don't have a problem with the fact that the Super Bowl, to me, the pageantry and the event of it is even more important than the game itself.
1: Wait a minute! You're not gonna you're gonna watch it live, though, aren't you? Oh, I mean, of course, uh,
0: uh, of course. But I'm saying but, that. Mean, what, yeah, what's, like, what's going to distract you? Well, luca your son oh absolutely he will oh uh, and, and yeah you're right that it, it's going to be like i'm not throwing like a lavish party or anything during a pandemic so I, I hope people don't think that but i i have been in in regular years right in, in years where we're not uh you know battling COVID 19 i've been to some pretty big epic super bowl parties where you miss a lot of the game because you get distracted playing beer pong and eating all the snacks and stuff it's not really going to be like that this year but I, I, will, I will be watching at least the first half with my my son, Luca, who's going to be three years old this month. So he's, you know, he doesn't stay up very late. He's probably going to go to bed like around halftime, right? Like during, during the halftime show, if I really want to watch the weekend, I'm going to make my wife put him to bed and I'm going to enjoy the halftime festivities. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to be distracted by the kid. I'm sure I'm going to be you know, uh, you know, distracted, like, you know, get, get carrying around the food and getting beers and stuff. And so, yeah, if there's any parts of the game that I miss and I want to rewatch, I'll rewatch it the next day. I'm not treating this like a normal football game.
2: Well,
1: one, one day I'd like to have a Super Bowl party again. I haven't done one here. I'd have to get Jackie permission to do it. I certainly wouldn't do it now during COVID, but I'm saying when things right. get back to normal. Uh, when I was in Chicago, I had a couple of them. I had probably – 30 people over to my condo. It was a tight squeeze. I mean, people nice. had to sit on the floor. I didn't have room for 30 people, but <laughs> um, I ordered 400 wings. Whoa! I ordered extra, like the, the largest size deep dish pizzas. I ordered five of them. Nice. I, I don't know how many cases of beer I had. I mean, it, it, people said it was a phenomenal party. And it was just, uh you know, enough food for everybody, enough drinks for everybody. And oh, yeah. game itself and actually that first before a thousand dollars I'm sorry a hundred dollars on the Cowboys to win at 10 to 1 odds the next Super Bowl and that first Super Bowl party was the Cowboys and they won so I won a thousand bucks
0: good for you (laughs) well and uh and 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 of course uh, and
1: and 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 the day before let me tell you this that they had they have riverboat casinos in the Chicago area and the day before I'd gone to one and I had my best day ever and I won $6,400. 6400 $6, dollars. This was a Saturday. Jeez, and the banks were at close, and so I had sixty four hundred dollars hidden in my bedroom. <laughs> I didn't want anybody. I trusted my friends, but it was hidden like in the laundry basket or something with dirty laundry. And uh, and then I wanted a thousand bucks, so I won about seventy four hundred bucks for that weekend. Oh, that was a good weekend.
0: You're like a mobster. You had it hidden in the floorboards. Or you had it like hidden, like uh, like above, like the
1: air vents. <laughs> like you know,
0: and people came over to eat all the deep dish pizza. Nobody could like find Tony your cash. Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah, that's right, with Tony Soprano and the D- money. Tony
1: D- Soprano, you know, he hides him in the, in that little room. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, it's so. And yeah, listen. Um, uh, and, and I love. Well, go 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 ahead. Finish the thought, and then I want to get into some of the uh, some of the No, 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 no. Go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just. I'm. Go ahead.
0: Well, you know, I, I look, and uh, and, and this, is, this is a really exciting game for a number of reasons. It's hard to believe that in all the years, 54, and now this year will be the 55th Super Bowl, you've never had a home team in the big game before. Kind of ironic that it happens in a pandemic year when they can't actually fill up the stadium. I think it's going to be at 33% capacity. Right. In Tampa Bay so it's you know you think about all the Super Bowls there have been in places like Miami and in oh, yeah. San Diego and Los Angeles where you know over the years you had you know home you know home teams that had uh, that played in those cities and no one has ever hosted a home Super Bowl before and Tampa Bay becomes the first to do it so that angle is really interesting that they actually get to host the Super Bowl the quarterback matchup is phenomenal right you have the greatest of all time in one corner oh man yeah oh. and, and and you've got you know the 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 future you know the, the I, you could make the argument that Patrick Mahomes is already kind of the poster child of the NFL and he may become the future goat so you've got you know the the reigning greatest of all time against the future goat going head to head um you know and the Kansas City Chiefs are favored in this game right now by three and a half points. Um, what's your thinking, uh, Fredo, on how this game is going to play out? Because I, I think KC has the better team overall. And, you know, Tom Brady, for as good as he's been, he did have three interceptions in the second half of that NFC championship game, and the Packers just couldn't take advantage of it. So I'm leaning towards Mahomes and the Chiefs getting it done here and winning a really close game. But then on the other side of it, a, a lot of people have, you know, picked against or counted out Tom Brady throughout his career. And have been wrong a lot because that's a guy who tends to defy the odds. Has been doing it since 2001.
1: I, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I know they're three and a half point favorites. I will. I'd give the points. I may actually make that bet and do it. I've I've already played in some squares schools, but I I just think the firepower of the Chiefs Chiefs is going to be too much. And yes, this is the first time a team has quote unquote hosted a Super Bowl. But as you say. That's been negated by COVID. I don't know. What, what are they going to allow? How many fans are they going to allow in the stadium? About twenty, not About 20,000. Yeah. So that's okay. I mean, that's, you know, a, a good Marlins game attendance or something like that. <laughs> They're not going to be loud enough where it's going to, you know, distract Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill or anybody else. Uh, not at all. It's just that's not when you see it. When you compare that to the size of the stadium, you know, what that's probably why I've been in that stadium. I don't remember how many it holds. It's a beautiful stadium, um, but it's not that many. It's not like they're going to be drowned out. There's, there's The home field advantage has been negated. It really has because of uh, because of COVID. I just think the firepower of the Chiefs, and usually the Chiefs come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how they were last year. That's how they were this year. I will never count them out. And here's a stat. I'm going to share this with Larry later, too. This is incredible. I heard this yesterday, I think, on ESPN. I can't remember where I heard it. Tom Brady's been in nine Super Bowls. He's never scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Really? Ever in a Super Bowl. Oh. Yes, which stunned me. That is stunning. So that's, I mean, you know, and it, yeah, that's that's shocking. I mean, you think just almost by accident, they would, and the greatest quarterback of, of all time. That's something I'm glad you brought up. I, yes, they're not on the field this same time. But what a man matchup this is going to be here's Tom Brady uh, have have, uh, have done that uh, and I mean right now Patrick Mahomes I could see in 12 years 15 years whatever the case may be we're going to call him the goat and yeah. he could be the greatest of all time he's just he's that good you know let me bring in baseball for a second and baseball to be qualified for the Hall of Fame you have to play at least 10 years football there's no minimum. Gale Sayers played like 68 games in his career, and he made the Hall of Fame. Mahomes, if he got injured today and never played another game, yes, his cumulative stats wouldn't be great compared to other Hall of Famers, but he'd be in the Hall of Fame. He's that good. Yeah. And, I, you know, I really – when I'm watching sports, whether it's, you know, a young basketball player or baseball, you know, you see this 19-year-old phenom, or here you go, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, and you're watching him and just – I want fans to just appreciate, take a snapshot of him, whether it's now or in the regular season, take a snapshot of this guy. Cause you never know when his career might be over. You know, I hope he's healthy and he, he plays for 15, 20 more years, whatever the case may be. But this is, he's got a chance to be on par with the greatest quarterbacks who've ever played the game. He is that good. And so I, I have faith in him. I have faith in the team. Uh, I think Andy Reid, who's already a hall of fame coach, uh he's going to get a second in a row. This is going to be fun. Kansas city is if they stay healthy, I think they're on the cusp of being a dynasty. And I don't think three in a row is tough, but if they win three, let me ask you this. If you win three in four years, is that a dynasty? That's a dynasty. I think so. I agree. I think so.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I I want your take on this because uh, last week, Tony Romo made a very Mm -hmm. bold comment about Patrick Mahomes and, Initially, I thought this is kind of ridiculous, but then when I thought about it, it's really not crazy. Tony Romo, of course, you know, former Cowboys quarterback, uh, broadcaster with CBS. Now, he said that, and I'm paraphrasing here, that this is the most important game that Patrick Mahomes will ever play in because if he doesn't win this one and Brady does, Mahomes will never catch Brady, that this is going to be Brady's seventh championship championship And that if Mahomes doesn't get the second and he allows Brady to get the seventh, that he will never catch Tom Brady. And initially I thought that's kind of ridiculous. Mahomes is 25 years old. How can you say that? But then thinking about it, I mean, just think about the level of difficulty, you know, to to get to 10 Super Bowls, to win six or especially seven of those. And Brady is 43 years old, and he's still doing this at a high level. Now, for as great as Patrick Mahomes is, and I think he's going to be one of the greatest of all time, I will forgive him if he doesn't make it to 43 years old as a starting NFL quarterback, as no one has done that, at least not to the level that Brady is doing that before. So I I actually agree with what Romo said here, that if if Mahomes doesn't win this one and Brady does, Mahomes is never catching Tom Brady. He's never getting to seven, and Brady will always have that to hold over Mahomes' head.
1: Okay, fair enough, but, I mean, if, if, if Brady won seven and Mahomes won, say,
2: five, I mean, there's,
1: you know, there's.
2: Oh, did we get frozen Frito? I think we got frozen Frito. We'll give him a second to unfreeze. Uh, yeah, no
0: problem. I mean, he, and he's got, like, uh, he, he's he got the hand, like, under the chin. He's about to say something really profound and yes, important. It so looks this like, like the worst
2: possible time. Oh, look, 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 he caught on to it. Very very. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Sherlock Holmes of him, you know? Yeah. Ah, there's Girl the look. Like
1: Boy, there's a data to reference. <laughs> um, yes, but you know what? Look, I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady. Uh, and
0: uh, oh. Well, while uh, while we're trying to sort out the connection, I want to get your, your take on it, Frank, on this Tony Romo comment, because I think it actually made sense. This is the most important game Mahomes is going to play in, because if he doesn't get this one and Brady does – He's never going to catch him at seven.
2: I don't know. I mean, I didn't necessarily hear what the comments were. I don't necessarily agree, though, with uh, with um, with that that he was ne- he's never he's never going to catch them. So I don't necessarily agree with that. But um, c- can you tell me what the comments were?
0: Yeah, he said. Uh, Tony Romo said, "This is the most important game." that Patrick Mahomes will ever play in.
2: Now, he's he's just adding extra pressure for no reason, man, in my opinion. There's yeah. no reason to say something like that. This guy's going to what is he? 25, 26 years yeah, old. Yeah, 25. He's, good, he's already yeah. looked at as one of the most successful quarterbacks before the age of 30. So that's not fair for him to say something like that. I think Tony Romo's just trying to find something to talk about since he was never in that position and he doesn't know Whoa. what actual pressure feels that's like. A good point. He's kind of trying to put, throw it out Throwing there and take the ease off himself.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and, and, uh, and, and you're right, because it, to this sense, even if Mahomes never catches Brady, that doesn't automatically mean he can't have a better career or as great of a career, right? Because some people get so caught up in just counting rings and nothing else matters, only championships. Um, and I agree to an extent, right? I'm a Dan Marino guy, right? I, I grew up with a poster of Dan, number 13, above my bed. I, I worshipped him as a kid. And listen, I I can't argue that Marino had the greatness of Tom Brady because he didn't get a single ring when Brady has six and he has a chance for seven this coming weekend. So obviously I can only argue legacy so far, Uh, but there are, you know, but I I couldn't say that Trent Dilfer had a better career than Dan Marino because Dilfer has a ring and Marino doesn't, you know, Brad Johnson, who who quarterbacked the Buccaneers to a championship to a Super Bowl in 2002. I can't say he had the better career. So ring counting only goes so far. I think a guy like Phillip Rivers gets underestimated and shortchanged legacy-wise by a lot of people because he didn't get the ring, didn't even play in the big game. Uh, Now, obviously, he'll never have the legacy of a guy like Eli Manning, who's got two Super Bowls. But... I, I thought that uh, I thought Rivers was actually a better quarterback than Eli Manning during his career. I mean, you know, unfortunately Manning was able to get rings, and Philip Rivers couldn't because Eli Manning had a better situation and more help from his teammates and more help from his defense than Philip Rivers ever got. Well, let's so. be
2: fair. Eli Manning won a couple rings because he learned how to stash Velcro in their players' bags and told uh, Tyree to put some on his helmet. Seriously. And he got a little bit of help in the other game, <laughs> so uh, we can start asking some questions around here. You know what I mean? <laughs> (laughs) start asking some tough questions man
1: can you guys hear me now yep you're back can you hear okay there's also look and I don't want to take anything away from Tom Brady he is the greatest of all time and anybody would be hard-pressed to contest that but there's also an element of luck when it comes to the Super Bowl one I mean it takes a team that's incredibly healthy especially this year with COVID uh uh it takes a team that you know that's I mean, look at Tom Brady. When they won against Seattle, Brady wasn't even on the field, okay? Mm -hmm. It was Malcolm Butler that had that interception. And if Marshawn Lynch had been given the ball it's that stupid pass call by Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, that Pete Carroll should have overruled right then, Seattle would be – they would have won their second in a row, and Brady would only have five Super Bowls. So, you know, there is an element of luck there. You can't credit Brady for a comeback there, unlike to say the Super Bowl in Atlanta when they are what they – 28 to 3 in the third quarter or fourth quarter. And then Alabama, or Alabama, uh, uh, actually, Alabama could probably beat Atlanta probably right could. now the way they are. Uh, <laughs> but the Falcons uh, coughed up the uh, coughed up the game. That, they're very good. They're, they were excellent under Dan Quinn at coughing up big leads. And they did it at the worst possible time. So, okay, maybe he won't catch uh, Tom Brady if Brady should prevail on Sunday. But, you know, if you do seven rings to five rings or seven to six, you still can be in that conversation is the greatest of all time. You know, if, if he stays healthy in his career, I just Mahomes, I don't know, he just sees things differently than other quarterbacks. And he releases the ball so quickly. And he's got gifted receivers, uh, you know, around with mean, Tyree Kill. Who's going to catch that guy? If he catches the ball, forget it. You're looking at the back of his jersey because you're not going to catch up to him.
0: And, and what you're saying there about those playmakers is, you know, I, I, as a Miami Dolphins fan, When I looked at the four teams, you know, that just played this past uh, couple weeks ago in the NFC and AFC championship games, because, you know, not only guys like Tyreek Hill and Hardman, who are so fast for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Stephon Diggs in Buffalo has had an incredible year, and he's really – and I give Josh Allen a lot of credit for his improvement, you know, his first three years in the league, but really to aid a guy in improvement, to have an elite number one receiver like Stephon Diggs, who's just so gifted and so unstoppable, really aids in that development. And you look at the uh, the weapons that Tom Brady has in Tampa Bay, and, and that's why as a Miami Dolphins fan I can't help saying, you've got to get me players like that. Right. And I, I know that Tua Tango Vailoa, by his own admission, had what he considered a below average rookie year. He was disappointed with his performance and he left something to be rookie. desired. No question. As, as a rookie, it's and, and fine. And, and I'm happy that he wasn't satisfied with the way he played last year. I don't want him to be satisfied with that kind of a year. But if you really want to aid in his development, Frito, the Miami Dolphins don't have a Tyree kill. The Miami Dolphins don't have a Stephon Diggs. And I look at what they have in this upcoming first round in April, You know, assuming they don't trade a bunch of picks for Deshaun Watson, if, if they keep their picks or if they even trade down and accumulate more picks, uh, I want to come out of those first two rounds with a couple of important skill position players. When I see a guy like Devontae Smith available in this draft, and he wants to be a Dolphin, he would love to reunite with Tua, who he played with at Alabama. Get this guy on my football team. Yeah, or if the Dolphins trade down a few spots, let's say from number three, uh, Jalen Waddell, another Alabama wide receiver. That guy has the Tyreek Hill type of speed. Get him here. You know, you got Najee Harris, the Alabama running back who's going to be available in this draft as well. That could be, you know, maybe your 18th overall pick, or you might even get him at 36 overall in the second round I want the Dolphins to come out of this draft with playmakers because that was the big thing that they were missing this past year on offense
1: no you're right and I mean this could be you know i have them a uh, skill position team but boy Smith will look great at number three I know that there's a chance they could trade for Deshaun Watson and I'd give up a ton to get him there would be a limit I mean if, if they wanted three and 18 and 36 and to a, boy that's a that's a tall order right there um I'm not sure I give up all that but uh, let me ask it let me let me go away from the Dolphins for one second does sure. the Stafford golf trade increase the uh the cost that it will get to Deshaun Watson that's
0: a great question because they gave
1: up so much now we have to right, let, me, let me let me take a time out here yes yeah the Rams gave up a ton but the Lions also absorbed the entirety of that contract that's why they gave so much. You know, it's when you talk about a contract that big, you know, the the more of the team acquiring that contract absorbs, the the you know the um, the, better, the greater the return the other team will get. So yes, they they gave up a lot of draft picks and everything like that, but they also absorb the Lions are absorbing a hell of a lot of money on that uh, Jared Goff contract.
0: I agree completely. I think you have to look at those two deals in a vacuum that. Um, Okay, maybe you can say that what 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 the Stafford deal got for Detroit, you can look at it and say, this is just a reminder that franchise quarterbacks are really valuable. Right. So you're going to get a big haul. But I don't think that looking at the Stafford trade is saying, well, if they got two first round picks, that means, you know, Houston's going to get at least four first round picks. Like the math is a little bit off, because like you said, that Stafford uh, to the Rams deal was from, from the L.A. point of view, that was as much about unloading that suffocating golf contract as it was anything else. So it, it was like an NBA type of deal. It was a salary dump, Frito. Like you, you have to look at it that way. I mean, it, occasionally these happen a lot more in the NBA than in the NFL. But occasionally you get these salary dump type of deals where they had to sweeten the pot with first round picks. And let's also remember the first round picks that they gave up weren't even for this year because they didn't have one this year. They're giving up one for next year and the year after. So it's it's a little bit different when you measure the value there. So, no, I don't think that what happened in the Stafford golf trade, which was a fascinating trade because I think both sides benefited from it. It was a fascinating trade. But I don't think that that's a direct indicator of what Houston is going to get for Deshaun Watson because the situations are so different.
1: You know, I'm, I'm going to age myself. Uh, because I'm going to bring up the Washington Redskins in the 70s, and their coach was a guy named uh, George Allen, whose son later Bruce Allen ran the team as well. Mm. Uh, and George Allen had no use for draft picks and he used to trade them all the time. The Rams now have traded seven consecutive first round picks, yep, they just want nothing to do with them. You know, Mm. they traded two first rounders for Jalen Ramsey, and um, and I mean, the thing that's so enticing about Watson and his skill set. Is his age? He's only 25 years old, and the thought about getting that guy for the next 10, 12, however many years, as long as he stays healthy, it's great. But I mean, you know, if the Dolphins, you know, have a, yeah, maybe they're bidding against the Jets. You know, you read the Sean Watson. Does he want to go to New York? I don't know what what he's thinking behind closed doors. But yes, it'd be great to get him. But boy, the 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 boatload of picks that the Dolphins have right now is so enticing, and if you hit on Half of those, or say three of the first four, boy, you're adding to that team. And in a big way, I trust Chris Greer. You know, I mean, I know he, not every GM makes, you know, back a thousand when it comes to uh, the draft picks, but I trust this guy and his team. And boy, if you could add, say, a, a Devontae Smith at number three, that sure looks good. That, that, I mean, him to Tua, two uh, I mean, to him, I mean, that just looks incredible. The Dolphins can have a hell of a haul. If they, if they hold on to their picks or if they give them up, you know, that's. Is a chance to, you know, to pay that, whatever it's going to Did I freeze?
0: You know, up until this Hello? point. Yeah, yeah. Guys, you got me? Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Uh, up until this point, um, the Houston Texans, despite the fact that uh, Deshaun Watson officially – Asked them for a trade uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. We just found out about it. I think earlier this week, but in in fact, uh, the trade request, the formal trade request, happened a couple of weeks ago. To this point, the Texans, both publicly and behind the scenes, Nick Casario, their GM, their owner Cal McNair, they are insisting that they're not interested in trading him. That he's not on the market, and they they, they said as much publicly. Did Casario, and also for what it's worth, uh, their new head coach. Uh, David Culley said it, although it's really not his decision at the end of the day. And I I was reading Frito reports uh, this week written, quoting anonymous GMs, like supposedly, and and I'm not saying I don't trust the report, but these are anonymous NFL GMs who have been told behind closed doors by the Texans because they've inquired and they've been told by the Texans, don't even bother making an offer. We're not even willing to talk about this. So my question to you would be, is this a bluff to keep driving up the price, which is that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's got to be a bluff because everyone has a price. And in this situation, Houston's in a really tough spot because I'm not saying you should want to trade your 25-year-old franchise quarterback. You shouldn't. But if that quarterback is actually reportedly willing to sit out an entire season to force your hand, you've at least got to think about it. And and because at the end of the day, if they refuse to trade him and he refuses to play, then Houston, they're doing this for pride to send some kind of a message that, oh, we're not going to be bullied by a player. We're not going to allow a player under contract to dict- track, to dictate any terms. Uh, I think you're only hurting yourself because, you know, you, you're, you're going to force your, your new head coach and your GM in a really bad spot where not only do they not have their elite starting quarterback, they're not getting anything in return for him. So right away, you know, you've got this new head coach, David Culley, who's going to be coaching a team that won five games, uh, or was it four games last year with Deshaun Watson? How bad are they going to be without Deshaun Watson and getting nothing in return? You're hurting your fan base because then they're really put in a tough spot, torn between do I side with Watson or do I trust the organization? Uh, and, you know, obviously, uh, and, and, and then you're, you know, you're putting Watson in a bad spot, not that they really care. But to me, I, I don't think anyone really benefits from the Houston Texans just taking this hard line stance. We're not even going to consider trading him under any circumstance. I don't think anyone benefits from that.
1: Okay, but behind the scenes, if you're Nick Casario and you're the owner, Cal McNair, uh, you know, and you're taking this public hard line stance. You know, you might be taking it because guess what? You might not get what you think is fair value, and I'm not going to trade a guy just because he wants to go. If I truly believe that I'm not getting fair value, this is a you know, this is a general, a phenomenal young quarterback. I mean, one of the best in the league at age 25. And if I don't get what I consider to be fair value, guess what, buddy? You're but staying here in Houston until I feel I get what's fair.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's that's a good point. So yeah, so I think uh, we can probably agree that the posturing that they're doing right now is uh, it's not to say there's literally no price. They just want to make sure that they get a fair price because it, it it's pretty unprecedented. And and you've been following the NFL for even longer than I am, than I have. Uh, I can't remember any instance of a 25 year old top five quarterback in the NFL changing teams or especially getting traded at that point. Like we've seen great quarterbacks change teams before, you know, Joe Montana, but he did it at the end of his career. Brett Favre, twilight of his career. Um, Tom Brady, changes team's twilight of his career. I, I I can't think of any example, you know, aside maybe from Michael Vick because he went to prison, so that was a whole different thing. Look, I, I can't think of a, an elite starting quarterback in his prime changing teams, especially not getting traded this early in the career.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that, that's a good point. I'm trying to think now you're making me rack my brain here. Um
0: I mean, you rack your brain all
1: you want, but that's I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's is. an answer. I don't think
0: there's any answer to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, there could be. You're right. This could be, you know, let's say a groundbreaking trade. It's just, you know, it's amazing how things have fallen in Houston. I mean, they, this team looked to be on the rise and doing so well for a number of years, and then they, you know, then Bill O'Brien, you know, made some boneheaded trades. I, you know, and and you know, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, I still don't understand that one. I don't either. You know. um, and in you know, this, team looks so good. And now look at how bad this team is. They're dreadful. I mean, you know, and if you're JJ Watt, you stay there. I don't know. I mean, he's so entrenched in the community because he ask for a trade, I, you know, and, and the thing is he's so injury prone and he's on the wrong side of 30 right now. So, you know, what's that guy going to do?
0: Yeah, that's a good one because we we kind of forget because he's been pretty quiet on this situation. Like one thing that I wonder about J.J. Watt is, um, you know, one of the reports that's come out about Deshaun Watson is that he's actually been uh, advised by veteran teammates – that hey, we stand with you, and if you wanna if you wanna leave, we support you. That we're not gonna say, oh, you need to stay, don't do this. That uh, apparently he's getting he's been getting support behind the scenes from quote unquote veterans within that organization. I've got to think that that's got to include J.J. Watt because like what other what other veteran in Houston would you put up on a high pedestal? I mean, Jay, I mean, I know that you can say, hey, Deshaun Watson is the franchise player because he's the franchise quarterback, but J.J. Watt is just as much the franchise with the Houston Texans as Deshaun Watson is. So I wonder if J.J. Watt might be one of those veteran teammates who has offered Deshaun his support behind the scenes. I
1: don't know. Could be. Um, I don't. I'd love to see the discussions between those guys. What if you were had to give up your first three picks, three, eighteen, and what's it, thirty six? Yeah. And Tua, you pay that price?
0: It's too high. I wouldn't pay that. Uh, I'm. I'm glad you asked me that directly because I. I wouldn't. I think that's too high. <laughs> I think that uh, if if they're dead set, if Houston is dead set on getting three first round picks, um, or you know three, if you even if you include two in that, like for, like like if they're if they're dead set on Tua two first round picks in a second. Um, as far as I would go is to say, okay, one of my first rounders this year and then our first rounder next year. And I, I would claw, I would scratch and claw to keep number three overall. Like I, I would scratch and claw because, um, and and, it, and if that ends up being the breaking point, if Houston, and and I, I can only respect this, like if their hardline hard line stances, you know, if you don't include number three in that, that's a deal breaker. Uh, If that's the case, then you shake hands, you say, sorry, we couldn't make a deal. Maybe we'll do business at some point in the future that I think you have to draw the line there because you you know what's going to, if the Dolphins give up both of their first rounders this year and Tua, it's going to be harder to get, you know, cheap labor in there, so to speak, because it's harder to get a playmaker and a rookie contract. And you know what's going to happen if you send Tua the third round pick and the 18th pick to Houston you're putting Houston in such an incredible position, and they are a conference rival where you know they're, they're getting a young quarterback to build around, and Nick Casario, the GM, he likes Tua. He wanted Tua at New England a couple of years ago when he was there, so we know he rates him. Um, and by giving them that number three pick and a quarterback, they can then, Houston – can turn that number three pick around, trade it to a quarterback needy team, and get more draft assets. So you're you're stocking the shelves so nicely for Houston if you make that deal. I don't think I think I draw the line there. Like if, if I'm the Dolphins, I'll say you know what, yeah, maybe we're willing to give you two first round picks and Tua, but you're not getting number three. You're getting our, our 18th overall pick this year, and you're getting our first rounder next year. But we're not giving you. And ironically enough, that number three pick is Houston's pick. I'm not giving that back to you.
1: Yeah, and think about it. If if the Dolphins decide to hold on to their picks, two of the first 18, three of the first thirty-six, you could have three. If you do, if you play your cards right, you could have three blue chip starters added to this team, yep. and that to me is so enticing.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I I want to go back to the Kansas City Chiefs, Frito. Uh, circle back uh, to that with the Super Bowl coming up, because you know you mentioned that you know a certain amount of luck is always going going to go into making it and winning a Super Bowl right because you know your your team has to be reasonably healthy you know maybe you have a couple of bounces that go your way during the season that's especially true this year in the year of COVID-19 and the Kansas City Chiefs this week they dodged a bullet did you hear about the barber so the Kansas City Chiefs team barber and, you know, like anyone else who comes into contact with the players of an NFL team, you're, you're getting tested frequently for COVID-19. And the Kansas City Chiefs team, Barber, um, was tested for COVID-19 earlier this week. And I, first of all, I think this is kind of dumb. I think the, either somebody failed the protocol or the protocol failed them because they allowed this guy to start cutting players' hair, even though he was still awaiting his test result for this week. That seems really stupid. Like, what? Why? Why can't you wait like an extra couple of hours and say, "Bro, like, don't don't get behind these guys with shears until we have your test result." So he cut the hair of a couple of players, um, um, and uh, you know, but he was scheduled to cut the hair of Patrick Mahomes later that day. So can you imagine? And he got his test results like a couple of hours before he was going to cut Patrick Mahomes' hair. So that's a bullet dodge because even if. And from what I understand, like, the barber was following the protocol. He had his mask on. The players had their masks on or whatever. But still, if he had come into contact with Mahomes, even if he didn't give him COVID, uh, he would have put him in the protocol for a couple of days. And then, God forbid, he actually gives COVID, you know, to uh, to the star quarterback because this barber's test did come back positive. That was a bullet dodged by Kansas City this week.
1: I would put Patrick Mahomes like in a bubble suit, okay? And except for practice, I'm not exposing him to anything okay he's gonna be isolated from the rest of the world except for practice I would not I would not let this guy out of anything just, I guess I mean he's so valuable just Patrick you're not going to be on anybody except for practice that's it
0: is like, you can't wait till after the Super Bowl to get your hair cut you're wearing a helmet dude like why are you that concerned yeah. about
1: it and it's not like his hair is that I mean his hair is kind of disheveled anyway <laughs>
0: Uh, actually, you know, he's he's got uh, he's he's got kind of a tight cut because he's got it he's got it long on top, and then he's got like a chi- it's it's almost like uh, like a modern day mullet. It's like business in the front, all party in the back. What from Mahomes?
1: Let me ask you something real quick. I know we got to go to break soon, but Patrick Mahomes, I don't know how much the guaranteed money was. He signed a contract worth in the neighborhood of $500 dollars, and I'm sure the guaranteed money was north of a hundred million. I'm not. Now, this sure. is kind of a weird thing to ask, but, huh? I'm not, I'm
0: not sure what it was. How much? I, I'm not sure.
1: We can look it up, but it was, I'm sure it was north of 100 million. His his fiance is expecting their baby now. This is not some woman who's gl- gleaming, you know, getting on to Patrick Mahomes because he's making money. They started dating in high school, yeah. okay, and they're engaged. Obviously, they're very close. Did she sign a prenup?
0: I, mean, I was think
1: she's been with him since high school.
0: Yeah, my guess is no. I don't think she signed one. No, there's I, no I, way. I,
1: they're not. They're not married yet. So you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, but...
0: you're right. Uh, my bad. I, I thought that they were married already. Oh, no. so ooh. Are, are are they engaged?
1: Does he force first... her? Yeah, they're engaged. You can see say. Does he ask her to sign a prenup and if her counter will be away? I've been with you since high school. Okay, since the back of the car.
0: Uh, I, I can only speak for me. I, w- I wouldn't ask if, if I and, and it's uh, obviously it's hard for me to put myself in Pat Mahomes' shoes because I'm, I'm a little bit better looking than him, first and foremost. So it's it's hard for me to put myself in his shoes, but I'm also <laughs> I'm also not nearly as rich as he is. So I guess it's easy for me to say. But um, like he, he, if I if I came in and I'm, I'm still waiting for uh, for my Bitcoin to go way up, I'm not I'm not a Bitcoin millionaire just yet. But if, if, I were, if I were to be in his situation, I, I come into a lot of money, um, but I've been with this woman since high school, I couldn't ask for a prenup. Like it, it, it's different. Like if, if, if he met her like last week on Tinder and, and they hit it off and then you worry, oh, maybe she's a gold <laughs> digger. But no, if, 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 he's, if, if he's high school sweethearts with this woman and they've been together, you know, since before he had two nickels to rub together, I, I couldn't ask for a prenup. I mean, it's not to say there's a guarantee the marriage works out because well, what are what are the stats, like 50-50? It's 50%. 50% of the marriages yeah. in this country don't work out, so if you play the odds, they're not great. But still, I, I couldn't ask her for that. Well, what about you?
1: No, you couldn't. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, she's known since high school. I mean, they've been together for years. She liked him when he was nobody, Yeah. when he was just a high school kid. So, Real quick, by the way, I'm gonna read you. Just do we can we do we have Time or do we have to go to break?
0: I, I think I think we're just gonna go to noon. I I, 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 don't, I don't know. Okay, can we can we go to? Can I get the thumbs up okay. from Frank? Can we just go to noon? If you have a
2: thumbs up from Frito, you have a thumbs up from me.
0: Okay, well let's do it. We're just gonna go till and, okay. and I, just so people know I've gotta have gotta step off at noon, and then uh, the amigo is going to very capably fill this chair, and uh, and Frito's gonna stick around till one o'clock. But I do have to step okay. off at noon. But I'm not going anywhere till noon, Frito. We're not gonna take a break. We're blowing right through.
1: Okay, then I'll try to make my second uh, cup of coffee here. All right, I'm going to read nine names. Tell me what they have in common, okay? Ooh, okay. You ready? Yep. Miles Garrett, Mitch Trubisky, Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Corey Davis, Jamal Adams.
0: I don't think we're going to make it to nine here. I think he's still, he's still naming names. But we have <laughs> <for> a,
1: Williams, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, and what's that? I lost you guys.
0: Yeah, I lost you too. I think you made it through like five or six of the names, and then you started okay. cutting out. Let me, well,
1: let me read them real quick. You ready? Can you yeah, hear me? I can, yeah. Okay, Miles Garrett, Mitchell Trubisky, Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Corey Davis, Jamal Adams, Mike Williams, Christian McCaffrey, and John Ross. What do they have in common? Uh,
0: they're all football players
1: besides that
0: <laughs> i don't know i'm not sure what, what do they, they have in they, common
1: they were the nine guys selected ahead of patrick mahomes in the oh
0: oh i should have known wow that's wild i wouldn't take any of them i mean i'm not reinventing the wheel when i say this but i wouldn't take any of them over mahomes now jeez i wouldn't
1: either. You know, i mean, Miles garrett was a phenomenal defensive player if you felt you didn't need the quarterback you know i could argue you know picking him um let me go through real okay. Garrett and then Trubisky, which is the Bears traded up Awful. from three to two, gave up a king's ransom to get Trubisky ahead of Solomon Thomas. It's just ridiculous. Uh, Solomon Thomas for the Niners, Leonard Fournette, who already has gone from his first team, he now he's gonna play Sunday in the Super Bowl. Uh, Corey Davis, a very good wide receiver, but nothing compared to Mahomes. Mal Adams, safety for the Jets. Well, not now, but uh, Mike Williams. Um, McCaffrey, who can be a great player when healthy. He's hurt he all the healthy time. Healthy I I, hate, I, 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 dis- I,
0: despise Christian McCaffrey. I, I lost uh, I lost so many fantasy games because that guy wasn't available. I'm never drafting him again. I, I was in an auction draft. Frito, I blew 70% of my budget drafting Christian McCaffrey, and the guy hung me up to dry the entire season. I am out of the Christian McCaffrey business. I give up on him.
1: I had um, uh, the second pick in our fantasy draft. The guy ahead of me um my friend Doug he had uh he picked Christian McCaffrey at number one and I picked um Saquon Barkley who lasted five quarters of the season, oh, I think, and awful. then it was out for the year so we both we both got crushed by injuries yet I still won my league I'll say that again you know you you really you,
0: you really uh <laughs> you, you reminded me of something with uh with Mitch Trubisky and god what a wasted pick that was by Chicago Trubisky is one of those things where I I, I really think that the draft evaluation can be so flawed in that I know it's so difficult with quarterbacks because there are different philosophies because sometimes you can say you know okay a guy who was really successful and won titles in college is not necessarily the best player to draft because how much help did he have around him and stuff like that but in the case of Trubisky I, I think this guy he wowed so many people with his measurables and with the combine and the workouts and all that stuff that I, I thought maybe there was a little bit too much disregard of what he actually did as a North Carolina quarterback. And I'm not saying the guy was bad. He was fine. But I watch a lot of ACC football and, you know, watching him play a couple of years at Carolina. I, once I saw the mock draft started to come out and saying, oh, Mitchell Trubisky might be a top 10 pick or a top five. Like I I was floored by that. I'm like, really, Trubisky? Like I I watched him play, you know, a a dozen times in college, and I, I didn't get that sense. I I think sometimes people get too wowed. It's really tough because you don't want to overrate the quarterback that plays for an elite program, but then also you don't want to overrate a quarterback just because he's really tall and really strong and had some good workouts. I think I think there's got to be a better mix of what did he actually do in college, and we have to. Really, you know, break down his film more so than just his measurables because I thought with Trubisky they got that one way wrong.
1: Well, they, he did really well at the combine. I mean, he really shined in that. And I'm asking you that question. Yeah, cool. I, I, well.
0: I, I think he did because I can remember that he, was uh, like what was okay. that like three, four years ago? That 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 was where his stock really rose because he's you know really really tall and strong, strong arm. I, I think that's that's where his stock really
1: soared. The thing is, Trubisky, and and the huge red flag. If, and by the way, if if I mean we're we're kind of veering off here, but that's fine because it's football. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you if if I'm evaluating a player, and I've got you know you want to take in as much information as you can, and if I've got the combine, and say a personal workout versus all the games he's played in college against live competition, I'm evaluating the second one higher. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm taking into account. How, what he's done against opponents while on the field, while playing in an actual game, rather than, oh, my God, his hand is nine and a half inches rather than nine and three quarters inch, inches, we better be worried about that, that quarter inch. He had only 13 starts in college. That's it. That's it. That's all he had in North Carolina. Yeah. And, and they drafted and They traded up one spot to get him at number two. And uh, so, you know, to me – Yes, a combine is important to an extent. And again, I'm going to age myself, okay? Um, In the late 80s, I believe it was, there was a guy named Mike Mamula, M-A-M-U-L-A. You can look him up again. He's a defensive lineman, I believe, for Boston College. (laughs) And wowed everybody at the combine. I mean, Uh... you know, this guy was like off the charts, Mr. Combine. And the Eagles, I don't think they traded up or they just picked him where they were. I think it was number seven overall because he was so good at the combine. The guy was a turd in the NFL, okay? <laughs> he doesn't do anything. So, you know, I mean, that when I think of, oh, we're going to pick this guy because he's so well at the Combine. For guys like me, you know, that of age, by the way, I had my birthday in the last few days, so you can wish me oh, happy birthday. Now, um, see, now
0: I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I haven't checked Facebook no, no, in like two weeks. Was, happy uh, belated uh, birthday.
1: It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's my last <laughs> Believe. How old am I?
0: you are um you're 35 of course no no
1: no cheating no shit yeah right oh what do i what, what do i look you got to be honest here
0: um 50 Don't look it up no i'm not No, i was checking something so i'm not looking it up i promise i'm not i promise um 55 uh,
1: 59 My really last was 50. oh i would not have thought um, that you really uh but for guys you know when i think now of when i hear a Oh, the guy did great at the Combine. Mike Mamula comes back, and it's guys, you know, who are football fans who are, you know, around my age, old enough to remember, will remember that guy. So, okay, fine, Trubisky had a great Combine (laughs) against just 13 starts in in, in college. That, to me, is a huge red flag right there. And, you know, if you're Ryan Pace, look, if you pick Miles Garrett, okay, ahead of Patrick Mahomes, yes, you turn on one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you got a hell of a defensive player. I mean, a phenomenal defensive player, you know, it's like Akeem Olajuwon was picked ahead of Michael Jordan, okay? Mm, yeah. No, he wasn't as good as Michael Jordan, but the guy was, a, you know, a phenomenal Hall of Fame player. It's sort of tough to criticize them, uh, you know, for going that way. They just went in different – they had Clyde Drexler at the time. So, you know, when you pick a great player, you know, against Patrick Mahomes, it's a little – you may, your stomach's a little bit less queasy. Ryan Pace right now, his stomach should be queasy as hell because he's going to now watch – Patrick Mahomes, the guy he passed up on, possibly won his second consecutive Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Uh, just so you know, Frito, a programming note, uh, we're, we're going to be wrapping up the show at noon because the, there's a technical problem here. We can't go past noon. So uh, so we're going to wrap it up in style here over about the next 10 minutes. Uh, what kind of a game are you expecting Sunday? Because w- one thing that is a little bit surprising to me because I'm seeing a ton of points in this game. Um, and the, the over-under for mm-hmm. this one it's fifty-six, which seems a little bit low to me. Like I, I I'm feeling that the two of these bet teams, the over over. Yeah, same here. Cause I, I think they're gonna combine in, in the sixties, if not the seventies. I, I think this is going way over fifty-six.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I just I have faith in the offense and especially I mean Kansas City's offense. But look at the weapons that Brady's got with him right now, you know? And you know, Mike Evans, Godwin, when he's not dropping balls, he's a he's a terrific player. And and Evans right now, finally they're going to him more than They, uh, you know, than uh, they did earlier in the season. Uh, And and Brady, I mean, you know, he's throwing more deep balls than he did. Um, Obviously, he's got the experience. He's never going to get rattled in Super Bowl. If you can't, if you're not rattled when you're down 28 to three, you're never getting rattled. Right. And and, and, you know, there's a situation. He's probably seen every possible situation, so you'll never count him out. It's funny because Brady has is so great at comebacks. And you look at Patrick Mahomes. That's what he's done the last few years. Is the comeback kid. So who's ever trailing, don't fret about anything. I mean, if you're don't fret at all because your guy can lead the team down the field and score and and lead the team to a comeback victory. I think it's gonna be a great offensive game, and I hope it's a ton of points scored. I really think, given the given the, I might have to bet that over. I really think that that's that's a a catch, you know, an over that could be achieved definitely.
0: I remember uh, you know a couple years back when you and I went in together on an over you know Mm -hmm. brady versus the chiefs but this was brady's patriots against the chiefs in the afc championship game a couple of years back and we were sweating that one out because for like (laughs) the first for the first three quarters it looked like oh and i don't remember exactly what that number was it might have been around 57 58 something like that but we were really sweating it because it was a low scoring start to the game and then the fourth quarter was just shot out of a cannon. They ended up going to oh, they ended up going to overtime. half point. Yeah, that's right. And 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 you know the the Patriots ended up winning it in overtime. But we didn't even need overtime to cover. Like we had already we had already hit the over by that point.
1: Are you are you are you uh, putting any money on this in any form? Is it giving the points, taking the points? Like, do like me, squares, pools? Are, yeah, are you betting anything? Yeah, I'm
0: I'm 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 a lot actually. Um, and so 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 what I'm the, the big ones that I'm looking at. Um, I'm all in on the over fifty six. That that to me is a no brainer. I'm, I'm in on Kansas City minus three and a half. I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to sweat it a little bit because it's like, should, should I buy the half a point to make it an even three to sort of cover my butt? But I, I'm probably going to go with the minus three and a half for Kansas City. Um, I, I, was, I was told by a confidant uh, who, who does this for a living that he really likes, and I'm curious as to your take on this, because other people I talk to say they don't like this, but my gambling expert does like it. Under 59 and a half, uh, sorry, under 39 and a half passing attempts for Tom Brady. And in his last couple playoff games, he has been under that, which is maybe the evidence to support that claim. Uh, I went through his regular season numbers. It was pretty 50-50, whether it be over 40 passing attempts or under 40 passing attempts. But I, I, I was told that under 39 and a half passing attempts for Tom Brady, meaning 39 or less, Is a good way to go. So I've actually already locked that in. I'm I'm sweating that a little bit because if it does become a shootout and they're having to and if they're playing from behind, he's going to throw a ton. But I'm going to trust my source on that one.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking. Is is because of who he's playing. Look, if he was playing Trent Dilfer, okay, I'll take the under thirty nine. The number wouldn't be that high, right? But he's facing Patrick Mahomes, and and I think this could be such an offensive firepower game that their strength is their passing game. So given the team they're facing, given the offense they're facing, given the quarterback that they're facing, I'm taking the over 39 and a half. I will take that over. And mm-hmm. if you want to make a side bet here, sure. off somebody, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. I, I, really, I Just because of that reasoning, I'll take the over. I think he's going to have to have a heck of a lot of pass attempts because of the offense they're playing. And you know maybe not they fall way behind but just to keep keep pace uh, you know you could make the argument oh maybe they'll run the ball to keep the ball to from Patrick Mahomes hands I don't trust that running game enough to uh, to do that yeah I think you're gonna have to attack through the air if you're if you're uh, Bruce Arians and 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 Tom Brady what do you think
0: about uh, touchdown passes would you go over or under or maybe push because this is an even number three for Brady, would you go over, under, or push? I think that's actually a really good number. I don't think, uh, I don't think I would mess with that. I think three is probably Brady's number there.
1: Yeah, I, under seems low. Yeah, you know, God, and I'm over get seems two. high. I just don't see that. <laughs> uh, you, and uh, yeah, four is high. I think, I think three is. The, I wouldn't touch that bet. I just wouldn't feel. I, I if I was going to bet anything, you know, gun to my head, you make me make a bet. I'll say I'll take a push rather than the over the under
0: and and it's funny because i'm looking at the same number for mahomes. Now this is at minus 167 odds, but mahomes over or under or push 3. I go over for that one. I think he's going to throw 4 or 5 TDs in the game. Touch so
1: weapons on that team. I'll take the over with Patrick Mahomes. I really do. I think he's going I, – I wouldn't – you know, four is a lot in any game, whether yeah. you're talking the Super Bowl or Game 7, whoever, you know, against that's going to be. But with Mahomes, yeah, I'll take the over. I, I really would. I think he's got such firepower on that squad that uh, I'll take the over on that one.
0: Oh, man. So so this, this, this is a, a tougher one, I think, because I, I was telling you about passing attempts – you know, Brady over under 39 and a half. What do you think about this for Brady and Mahomes? This this is tougher. So the, the over under for completions for Mahomes, it's 29. For Brady, it's 27. I think I'm, man, I might be going under on both. It's a lot of completions. Like attempts is one thing. That is. That's a lot of complete. Because if they're throwing like 60% completions, like you're talking about like throwing more than 50 passes in the game. I think I'm going under with both of those.
1: If I, that I, you know what I don't like, I don't want that bet. I, no, that's neither one do one I. I. <laughs> I, I. I don't know. I, I just, you know, I like talking to these problems. So,
0: hope I lost you a little you bit there. there. Yeah, I, I lost you, but I got you back. Okay. There. Hello.
1: Is That one, that I you know, I feel more comfortable talking about past attempts than I would completions. That the completions, you know, there's some bets you look at and you say, no, 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 no I'm not touching that one. That's for me, I'm not touching that one. That one makes me, I, I don't feel confident in any bet I'd place on on completions.
0: Now, last thing here before we wrap it up, one of the most fun things, and, and again, I'm I'm going very low key for this Super Bowl. Uh, you know, last year I, I watched uh, the Super Bowl at a big uh, watch party event at a um, at a mm-hmm. at a Dave and Buster's. So there were tons of people in there. And one of the funniest things about watching the Super Bowl with a big group of people is when when they toss the coin and you hear people cheering or going, ah, because people bet on the coin flip. That that to me is an incredible waste of time because there's no skill like there's no skill required to that whatsoever. It's just 50 50. So uh, uh, so when people bet on things like the coin toss, they bet on how long the national anthem is going to last, like over under minute and a half or minute 40. Uh, I, I will never get that crazy. I can understand people wanting to have fun watching a game, but the things like that go a little too far for me.
1: Well, we, we had an intern whose name I won't say, not that anybody would know this guy. He bet $1,700 on the first half of a women's college football game, or college uh, basketball oh game. Oh, my goodness. He would bet the coin flip. He's the <laughs> I, kind of guy that would bet the coin I'm flip. I'm sure he would. You know, he He would. So, yeah, you're right. Now, who, who bets – okay, betting the coin flip is like betting the length of the national anthem, and that's a thing. There's a number for that.
0: Yeah. Although, I will say that the there's length – There's actually
1: of, a number on the you – know, we'll be over under, what, a minute?
0: But, like, the, at least there's some skill. Like, there's some skill in the length of the national anthem because once you know who the artists are and, – and the artists this year are people I've never heard of. It's like a country singer and an R&B singer, like, singing together. I don't know who these people are, but – But, like, there's some skill involved because if you know, like, if you're betting on, like, an R&B singer, you figure they're going to have a little more soul and they're going to hold the notes a little bit longer. Because I remember there was one year when Billy Joel sang the National Anthem. Billy Joel is all business. Like, he's not going to be holding notes. Like, he's just going to get in and get out, right? So the under hit that year. And (laughs) so, like, there is some skill, I think, in betting the over-under for the National Anthem. But the coin flip, like, there's nothing to that.
1: Especially now, by the way, with so few people in the stands, if you're the singer, get someone to bet the over/under. And if you bet the over, you don't have a timer there, but you look at someone in the stands, and if they're going like this, they're telling you to stretch it and go slower. Yeah. If you're the singer, you can make a ton of money. Just you yeah. know if you're going to go long or short. And if if you're getting if you, if you're getting close to the time and you gotta wrap it up because you bet the under and and someone in the stands is going like this, guess what? You finish it really quickly and you win a ton of money if you're the singer.
0: Well we gotta wrap it up. Frito, huge thanks to you, my friend. Dono and Frito Show. We'll talk to you Thank guys. You. We'll talk to you guys next week here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio.